This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Homeland Security Department is taking a page out of the response book to the OPM hack from 2015 and using it on a ransomware and other ongoing cybersecurity challenges. Secretary Aliando Mayorkas announced plans to elevate cybersecurity across the government to strengthen partnerships with the private sector, and to expand investment in infrastructure and people. Federal News Network's Jason Miller joins me with details about the initial ideas Mayorkas outlined late last week. Jason, tell us what Mayorkas is up to. Interestingly enough, he announced a series of cybersecurity sprints. This is very similar to what they did in 2015 after the attack on OPM, these 30-day cyber sprints. And he says the goal here is really to mobilize these stakeholders to really focus and improve cybersecurity. And where OPM, Tom, really focused on federal network cybersecurity, I think this is going to be much broader. He, he was light on the details. We're still waiting to learn more. But he goes, the initial sprints will focus on combating ransomware, building a deep and diverse cyber workforce, and what he says, urgently improving the security of our nation's industrial control systems. And if you think back, Tom, let's take a half a step back and and what's been going on, right? We saw the water system getting hacked and and, and problems with industrial control systems. That's been a growing, growing concern. Ransomware, we've seen a lot of states, including like Baltimore City, school systems getting hacked and getting held for ransom until you until they paid to, to get back to their computers and their data. And then cyber workforce, that's a growing issue. We know, Tom, something to the effect of 300,000 job openings need to be filled. Well, what about this idea of the 30-day sprints? How does that fit in? What they saw with the OPM report, hack is if you get people focused for 30 days on on a topic, whatever that topic is, in, in back in 2015, it was federal network cybersecurity, it was two-factor authentication. You put a lot of resources, a lot of discussion, a lot of effort behind it, and you can make real progress. Tom, I remember when Tony Scott, the former federal CIO, spoke about this. He said when we had, it was something in the 40, 42, 45% of agencies had two-factor authentication or factor authentication at the time of the OPM hack. That 30-day rose that to 60 to 70%. And within 90 days, they were up to 80, 85% because they got the secretaries on board, they got the CIOs on board, they got the deputy secretaries on board, and they explained why this matters and we need to get this done. I could see Mayorkas and DHS doing the same thing with ransomware, getting you know, state and local governments to really focus on ransomware, getting colleges, universities, and others to really focus on how to train and build a diverse workforce, and then getting the industrial control systems, the water, the electricity, the financial systems, the telecom, all really to say, how do we fix those ICS systems so they're not vulnerable to attacks? Yes, you can imagine what if Texas had been a malware or a cyber attack as opposed to just nature, which is basically indifferent to the fate of mankind. I think that would have been another forcing function that we're seeing, for instance, Tom, with solar winds as a forcing function. You're, there's a lot of hope out there that that helps agencies understand, hey, we need to fix our cybersecurity because we can't have what happened with solar winds happen again. How do we do that? What's the cyber hygiene we need to stop the island hopping? You know, once you're into the system, you can hop from network to network. And I, I think that that's the type of thing he's hopeful for is to create that momentum that in 30 days, you can only get so much done. But if you can get it going and get the train rolling downhill, it can pick up steam very quickly. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. So in other words, they want to solve the solar winds and the current problems, but they want to use the strategy that they used back in 2015. I think the strategy makes sense because it's really, again, getting people to to think of it in a different way. It's putting the resources behind it. Tom, I'll give you one example of, of one way they're doing that. Mayorkas announced that the FEMA grantees, and FEMA hands out something to the effect of $600 million a year in grants. He's saying we're going to require those grantees to spend 
7.5% of the, of that money on cybersecurity. That's going to be up from 5%. He says that's adding 25 million more dollars into the pot to say we're going to spend this on cybersecurity. And I think that's a big win. That's another way by using the power of their grants, the power of the purse, if you will, to really force that kind of change. And that's what you do. You start with the 30-day sprint. You get people focused on it. Then you say, okay, over the next year, because you have this grant, you need to spend more money on cybersecurity as well. Did he mention grants that might go to non-federal governmental levels? Because that's where a huge problem is happening repeatedly. We've seen cities attacked and counties attacked. And, of course, that, in some level, can interfere with federal operations. I think that's why he's focused on FEMA first, and he may kind of spread out to other areas because how much money FEMA does deliver to the state and local and other markets. I think this is more than just federal networks and federal systems. This is grants going to nonprofits, grants going to academia, grants going to whomever to say, hey, you are working with the federal government, therefore you will improve your cybersecurity. And remember, FEMA does a ton of grants. To, is it $600 million is a lot of money. Sure. And you mentioned DHS is making an across-the-board focus on cybersecurity. What are some of the other features? What Mariorcus also highlighted was, was the idea of bringing in other parts of DHS into the cyber fight. Again, it's not that they haven't been there already, but really played a bigger role, like the Coast Guard and the Transportation Security Administration the Secret Service and the Immigration and Customs Enforcement's investigations, all of them have a role to, to address cyber-enabled crimes. For instance, Mallorca said in 2020 alone, the Secret Service responded to 539 network intrusions, arrested over 1,000 people for cyber financial crimes, and seized $140 million in assets. All of that's to say we're going to turn up the heat on cyber criminals and the people who are causing these problems, as well as provide help to those who need it. And of course, the problem is that a lot of this leads back to foreign countries. So they're going to have to partner with FBI and maybe even the Defense Department and the State Department on some of these cases. Absolutely right. And they have a lot of these partnerships already in, in the works. Uh, one recent one that I would like just to highlight real quick, Tom, is the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, is partnering with the Defense Innovation Unit, DIU, on cybersecurity. Now, DIU has been known to be one of those forward-leaning organizations that are trying out different pieces and parts of cybersecurity, the cutting edge of cybersecurity. And what I think is happening is, is CISA and DIU are going to work together to say, okay, what are you seeing? What do you need? What are the tools that are out there that you're finding? Here's the problems that we need help solving. And I think the sharing, the collaboration is it really can make a big difference. And then they'll share that more broadly, not just within just CISA and DOD, but across the entire federal government and with industry. And did Mayorkas talk much about supply chain attacks? I mean, that's the specific thing people are worried about now and what DHS is going to do to get on that case. Specifically, he did not lay out what DHS is doing, but it is part of this broader cybersecurity discussion. What was interesting about supply chain is, you know, Tom, we've been talking a lot about CMMC, right, the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification, and whether DHS will participate or how they'll participate over the next year or two or three. But there was a recent hearing before the Senate Intelligence Committee where this idea of some sort of NTSB for cybersecurity has is, is come up again. Now, this is something that the Cyberspace Solarium Commission advocated for back in March 2020. And, you know, other people like Senator Susan Collins have been calling for this mandatory reporting of cyber incidents since at least 2012. What they're saying now is maybe it's time that we have some sort of main area, main 
agency that accepts this information, says what happened, helps people understand what happened. It's really come a far away from where we were a few years ago when people were very much against it or weren't sure how it would work. But the National Transportation Safety Board, you know, whenever there's an accident, they investigate it, they tell you what happened, and they try to make recommendations and make sure things don't happen again. Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. Always a pleasure, Tom. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.